Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming. Yes, one and the same together to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and just generally more enjoyable. Yes, we want to share the love. <laughs> share the, share closure, the love. closure and functional programming love. <laughs> we like we like talking to each other. We've been talking to each other for over two decades now. We figured maybe we should record it and uh, share share some of our random thoughts with with everyone else. And so this is that's what we do on this podcast. Uh, we have fun and we talk <laughs> mostly about closure. Sometimes about cake. Sometimes uh, about ingredients <laughs> and baking, yes, definitely and <laughs> cookies and zucchini bread. <laughs> so we're we're in we're in a series right now on composition, and we've been talking a lot about composition in the small. I I want to I want to call it, you know, composition in 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 small functions. Like you know, uh, one of the things we talked about is like you know, colorizing a string and printing it out, you know, how do you decompose that so you can compose it, you know, and yeah. uh, filters and, ma- uh, sorry, not filters, um, predicates and mappers and reducers. Those are all things that, you know, we talked last episode that, that Closure Core encourages you to get there, you know. Right. You pass them in as function arguments to other f- functions, right? Some of these are even higher order if you're transducing and all this. Yes. And 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 so I think that that's a, it's a good concept to to get into your head. But I think, but I want to I want to kind of take a step back and you know you don't we don't just write little little functions and little little bits. We write big programs. You know, we write programs that do grand you know situated things. You know, with, interact with the world, as Rich likes to say. And uh, and so one of the things I want to talk about is up until now, like we've been talking about things that only take closure data as parameters. But in order to really get things done, you need what we call handles, you know, like uh, the database handle, the, the the RabbitMQ handle, the Kafka handle. Like you have some, you know, way to grab onto that external resource, you know. So, so Nate, if a program does a bunch of computation, but it doesn't have any I.O., did it do anything? <laughs> <laughs> it might make the room a little warmer. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's sort of the uh, programming equivalent of the tree falling in the forest, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need I.O. for it to be useful. You need I.O. to get stuff done. Is that is that what you're... So when you say handle, I think I.O. handle. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny that we call them handles. Like, you know, last, uh, last week, week before, I forget which one we talked about. I, I talked about how data is inert. You know, it's not going to hurt you. But but I think handles inherently are going to hurt you. Like you don't even have a, a hold on the whole thing. You just have a little handle to it. You know, <laughs> it's like you know uh, when you pull a drawer out. You know, you don't. No, no, you're grabbing onto the handle. You're not grabbing onto the whole drawer. You just you just you're, you have a little bit that you can use to to access that that external system. And um, so I just think it's fun. A funny name. See, I I immediately visualized an an axe or a knife, you know, <laughs> okay. so you have a handle. <laughs> That's definitely going to hurt you. <laughs> but you got to watch out. You got to watch out what that handle is connected to. <laughs> exactly. I figured that's always why they call the IO handles. Yeah. Cause hopefully you can handle the responsibility that comes with having them in your program. <laughs> <laughs> Let the puns begin. You're welcome. 
<laughs> um, yeah, it's one of the bits of feedback from our, our listeners. Almost everyone universally wants more puns, so we're gonna we're gonna add them as much as we possibly can until they and, can't and handle we- anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to make good. <laughs> um. Anyway, so but but the thing that's on my mind is you know when you're when you're when you're when you're composing your you know uh, recipe together of all of your functions. Uh, there's, a, there's a good chance that several of those functions need need handles to get things done. You know, like your database, your function that saves things in the database, it needs the database handle, you know. And so how do you get those things? How do you, how, how do, how do you, how do you make them so that you can use them in your program? Like, if it's a simple program, you know, you can make them in your let block. Like, it's, you know, just a simple function call to connect to the database and then use that database connection in your, in your code. But, but how do you go from there to an application where you need, you need it to run longer and you need to do things in maybe in a different order. And so you need to be, you need to have some way of, of, of creating these things and managing them. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like you don't want to just open up a database connection brand new for every little IO operation in, in yeah. certain cases, in some cases, sure, you just do it infrequently. And so just, you know, open it up when you need it. But in other cases, maybe you're going to do a bunch. And so, you know, is there a way to open up the connection and leave it open and do more operations? Like, where, where do you put that? You know, how do you keep the pure from the side effecty parts away from <laughs> each other? Right. All that, right? I mean, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Because in the end, you want to use the small functions that are composed together, but you need some way to know, you know, where you know, say you're in your web handler or you're in your um, your 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 batch processor or whatever. You know, you're in you're in the part of your code where you actually need to use these these functions. You need to have an instance of that that handle, and um, and so there's quite a few of these application composition things, right? I hesitate to call them frameworks because like most of them are like a couple hundred lines of code. Like I feel like to be a framework, you have to have a certain heft, a certain weight to your amount of code you have. (laughs) Yeah. Funny you mentioned this. We were just discussing this in our closure and Slack channel and um, the closure design podcast channel. And yeah, what is a framework? And, and I do feel like frameworks are a little bit more narrow in closure, right? They kind of like solve this one concern. And so we have these, mm-hmm. uh, these, and I tend to think of frameworks as in it as, as kind of an integration between your code and the purpose of that framework, as opposed to the foundational layer that glues your whole world together. Right. Like I don't think of the framework mm. as, and so, so we have these so-called component frameworks, right. That, right you're mm-hmm. getting at and component uh, being a very on the nose name is one of them, but it's also <laughs> terrible because then it's like, am I talking about component, the framework, or am I talking about component, the concept? And then you have system is one. There's a few others. There's um, I'm blanking right now, you know, but they're very uh, focused on yeah. just making these parts of your application, these resources, AKA these application dependencies, not like um, library dependencies and stitching them together, right? It's like very mm-hmm. focused on that one thing. Integrant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, integrants and one. Um, the other two that I've, that I've seen uh, are mountain. There's one called Redelay, which is kind of like a, 
more flexible version of of that same concept. Um, there's a new one called Donut. I haven't played with. Oh yet, yeah, but Donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Donut um, System. Yeah. And then I know that the guy that uh, Jacob O'Brien, I think is his name, the guy that does Biff, he actually wrote his own like mini component. Like it's like inspired by component. So like I think it's it's oh, something yeah. that you probably can write in a few hundred lines of code or maybe even less. Um, but but you know often like I've never written one and uh, I've I've always just used component. I've, it's my it's right. my favorite. Um, it's not just like so trivial because components depend on each other. And so you end up with a little mm-hmm. bit of this whole dependency bit, right? So mm-hmm. therefore, it's not just completely trivial because <laughs> it, it would be nice to just say, here are my parts and here's what they depend on. Now go figure it out. Go figure it out for me, right? Like as opposed right. to taking a more manual approach, but you could. Yeah, you can definitely start using your own manual approach. I mean, make a, you know, closure has the has a way of, you know, taking something and putting it somewhere, you know, in like an atom. You can have an, a global atom and you know, you can you can definitely do it yourself. I kind of my, my first few applications I wrote in component and it's still my favorite, but you know, I've I've gotten more experience with some of the other ones and so I kind of I kind of grouped them loosely into two different categories. So one is more the injection style like uh dependency injection, you know, the old term from the Java days. Um, and that's component and integrant where you tell it what you, what, what, what you need and how to make each thing and what needs other things. And it, no, it, the, that, that library will figure out the right order to instantiate everything. And then you get, you get injected those values into your code somehow. Right. Either they end up in a map somewhere or they end up as function parameters, I think, in Integrant. Um, so, like, the main concern there is being able to say, here are the different things, mm-hmm. here's how you instantiate each of those things, and here's what each thing depends on so that you can inject, you know, instantiate and inject, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, usually what you do is you take those, those handles or those, those um, resources, as I like to call them, because it sounds more, you know, fun. Uh, and you <laughs> then hand those to the functions that need them, you know, and then they hand them to ones that need them. And, you know, hopefully not too far. You don't want to generally hand IO handles too far down your code. That's a kind of a smell that makes it, you know, you're not having to keep an eye with the edges. Mm-hmm. Even in OO, it's a smell to pass IO handles too, too far and wide. Exactly. Thus, dependency injection was invented in, a, in a OO, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, that's one style. And the other style is, for lack of a better word, maybe you can go with a better word, is the global reference style. Uh, and this is the one that Redelay and Mount use. And so in Mount, you specify like a var in a namespace. And that's, and you, part of that specifying is how that var is, like how that, uh, how that is instantiated, you know, how, how you know, what the config is for the database handle, what the you know IP address is for whatever, you know, like all that stuff is, is encoded in that. And then if you want to use that handle, you just, you just import the namespace and you use that reference, that var in your code. And there you go. Then you pass that to functions that need it. Make sense? Dare I call this a singleton approach? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's a singleton approach. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a good old term. <laughs> 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 oh, oh patterns are back in functional programming um but yeah singleton just that there's this one instance now 
you've used these and I, I don't because I tend to smell singletons far away and I avoid them. But <laughs> so already you're seeing my bias here. But so how do you control the order of instantiation? Does it just happen to get instantiated when their namespace gets read in this case? Or how, like when does it fire up? I don't have direct experience with Mount. I've only been, you know, reviewing code and, and reading code in Mount. I've not actually used it in Anger. That's my understanding so far. But I have used Redelay. Um, okay. And so Redelay is a similar system in that it, a similar system, similar uh, approach in that, it, but instead of it being a ref, like or a var, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a delay. And so if you want to use it, you have to, you have to import the namespace and then you, you take that 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 bar and you deref it, and so when you deref it, that's what that's what causes it to be instantiated. And so if you have dependencies, if that uh, component uh, <laughs> handle, if that sorry, these words are starting <laughs> to collide. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to say dependency, right? I mean, that, right. Let's just call but it if, software component or or, yeah, or resource if that software component. Yeah, resource yep. needs another resource, then it will deref that resource. And so it's kind of yeah. like the chain of derefs records in the in the in the metadata or in the in the the library what order things got instantiated in, and so that it knows when you say shut down, it knows how to un- undo it because it'll just do in the reverse order. That oh, interesting. So it's piggybacking on the fact that closure you can't have circular references to namespaces, right? So your namespaces are going to evaluate in a certain order. Right. And and execute in a certain order. Yeah, and they will they will graph out. Right, and so and and so there's going to be some kind of main flow of control in your application, or maybe you're going to sp- spin up threads or whatever. And I'm presuming it's taking care of making sure that these things spin up for the first time in a thread safe way. Lots of assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so <laughs> it's kind of piggybacking on sort of like closures namespace evaluation order and then your incidental call graph yep uh whatever calls happen to happen in whatever order but it keeps a nice log of that so it knows what needs to get torn down and cleaned up when all is said and done yeah and so it doesn't actually need an implicit startup order because your code will run in the order that it needs this those resources and so that's kind of that's kind of the order that it will instantiate things and usually so the reason why I've seen the kind of the reason why redelay is is used a lot of times is because it makes it for ultimate flexibility. You can have a component style, sorry, component with a capital C, the library style. Here's all my resources. Make sure all they instantiate in the right order. Like you can have a function that does just that at the, when your application starts up. So you can have like the centralized view of it all, or you could have the total decentralized view, which is like, eh, anytime someone needs something. If that's the first time, then it'll get instantiated, you know, and so it it it's 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 a it's a more flexible system, like it allows you to do both of those different ways. Component kind of just is like, nope, you know, implement the, the interface, put everything right. in one big map, done, you know. Dare dare I say it's more ad hoc too, right? Which sometimes uh, yes. ad hoc is confused with flexibility because <laughs> you didn't have to think about it, so it felt flexible, but it just sort of happened, right? <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> and uh so anyway, so that's kind of the two like camps that I that I that I've that I see. Um Yeah. You know, I'm definitely open to anyone's interpretation. If you think those are wrong or there's a third camp or I mixed them up, please 
let, reach out to me us in the uh, in the closure design podcast uh, channel. Um, something I've been thinking about for a while, but I haven't really kind of said it out loud. So, congratulations, you guys are guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a long form response, there is always feedback at closuredesign.club. <laughs> yes, but so. If anyone's listening up to this up until this point, I think they both anyone can can understand that or can guess that both of our preferences for component um, that's not only the one for me personally that I started with, uh, but I still prefer it over the other style, and and the and and, and it's for a variety of reasons. You know, I, I think we, we've been talking about composition here, and composition is about being able to use things in multiple ways, you know, to, to, to maintain that flexibility. And a, a function that, so let, let me compare and contrast functions that I've seen in both styles. So here's a function in the component style. It's called save user. It takes two parameters. One is the database handle, and the second one is the uh, user info that I want to save in the database. Make sense? Yes. Uh, I have seen in an app that uses redelay the function it save user, but it only takes one parameter, which is the user info. Because right. why would it need to take the database handle? The database handle is a ref that I can just I can just I can, or it's a delay that I can delay, and so I don't right. need to pass that in. So it makes the function uh, half as simple, twice as easy. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know which direction so, we're going here. So uh, dare <laughs> dare I uh, dare I make the assertion? I'm, I'm just going to make the assertion that if you are accessing a singleton from a function, you are no longer side effect free because that singleton. Oh, absolutely. Right. If that singleton has any kind of state at all. Right. And because this is essentially a software component or resource, it, mm-hmm. it is a stateful thingy. So if you access a stateful thingy from your function, it's no longer, it's no longer a pure function. Okay. But yes, the, the function you're talking about that takes a database handle and whatever, okay, technically that's not pure either, right? Because it's going to use that database handle presumably to do IO. Got it. Okay, right. Right. So, but, but yeah, it's different because one is married to this whole other concern of how to get the resource. Sure. Sure. Redelay is abstracting some of that out, but just the fact that, you know, oh, I'm going to go into this namespace and find it over there. It's really different than handing a function all of the little ingredients it needs to get the job done. Exactly. Right? You don't need to know where those ingredients came from. So this function has knowledge of where to go find an ingredient as opposed to just simply being presented with the ingredient, the database Mm -hmm. handle. And that makes it less composable. Like it by by it by building that into the function, you are you are you are box mixing it. You are, <laughs> which I love with English. You can make verbs out of nouns. You know, uh, you are basically making it so that it can only work with that one database handle. Well, I think I think one thing, I mean, and this is a valid assumption, is that you make that function that calls that you know just references that global or that singleton. You're like, why would I ever save anything anywhere else other than the place that? the application has configured as its database. Like, why would I do anything else, you know? And I think, I think that's an easy assumption to make early on in the development of a, pro- of a, a piece of software. But, you know, uh, I have often been able to, uh, been at the point where it's like, oh, oh uh, hey, this customer has, you know, 50,000 users they want us to import. Can you do that from your, 
your local system, you have access to the production database, you can write into it. And it's like, okay, well, now I need to configure either my application that way, or what if I, what, I just want to make a database handle. Just, I can make one of those. I want to just pass it into the save user function. Right. Now you're going to where that database handle was declared. Or where the config is or something. And, and then you're modifying that declaration in place, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because, because knowledge of the, the dependency injection system in this case is buried in deep into the function. Mm-hmm. So, so, well, let me press on this. Like, you don't have to do it that way. You could use Redelay to, uh, you know, some, some other thing fetches a component and then, you, you know, you make a namespace that doesn't know anything about the dependencies. 100% of the dependencies come in as parameters. And mm-hmm. so yes. now you have some other place whose sole job is to grab all the dependencies and then kick off the work that needs all the parameters, right? Right. But there's still a disadvantage that I can think of for that. And it's something I know we've talked about before, but I'll call it the index disadvantage. So have you ever had a, I know physical print books, physical print books, Mm -hmm. dead tree books. Okay, fine. You know, we're all eBooks, whatever. But if you get out that dead tree book and you're like, oh, where did, (laughs) where was that thing? You know, Mm -hmm. and now you're like thumbing through every page to try to figure out, you're looking at chapter headings, but if it has an index, you go to the index and you're like, oh, boom, topic. Oh, page 119. Great. Let's go there. And so there's something to be said for systems, you know, routes in, uh, I think we talked about this in our web series, so we can link to our yeah. web series. Go check out the uh, closuredesign.club website for the podcast notes. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just going to get all the plugs in, just in line. That's how it's going to go this episode. But yeah, you know, so for routes, it's an index. Like you want to kind of look at all the routes. You can spread those out, but then you're like, what on earth can I feed into this application? What, how, where are all the components? You know, you're grepping, you're searching, you're like looking for redelay, you know, uh, declaration strings or whatever to try to figure out. But in these other systems like component, you have a clear delineation of here are all the parts of the software and here's how they're connected together in something that feels a bit like an index or an overview mm-hmm. or a summary of yeah, that. Table of contents even. I mean, it's table you know, of contents, there's, sure. there's both of that, yeah. Yeah, especially as helpful for uh, users or uh, sorry, programmers that come into your, using the app or developing the application later in this lifecycle. You know, it's been going for two years. They come in, uh, well, or you six months from now, you know, coming into an application that you even you, if you contributed to, to know where everything is and how it's stitched together at a high level is often very useful. Right, that second developer that's on every project you ever make yourself in six months. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and so having that index is really useful for knowing what's important, especially if it mm-hmm. expresses some notion of dependency, and and maybe one of the criticisms on flexibility is, oh, what, but is it flexible? I'm thinking of component in this case. It's a map. Maps are data, and so you can based on, you know, if you want to do runtime flags or feature flags or things like this. I know, Nate, you and I have made a number of systems that the components that appear are based on certain environment variables existing or having specific values. And so so we've had exporters, for example, that if we don't mm-hmm. have the host 
information for where this data is supposed to get sent to. It's like, oh, okay, I must not be exporting. I mean, that's the way we did that system. Or we've had feature flags where we're turning on feature flags and then erroring out if we don't have config. But all that can dynamically manipulate the construction information, right? The, the, the weaving information, the, I hesitate to use the word dependency because I always think of mm-hmm. libraries, <laughs> but yes, the, the component dependency map. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's kind of the thing that I've been thinking about for at a higher level, how you, how you compose your system together. And I think, I think component does a good job. I mean, I think, I think you can use any of these systems to, to get the job done. Um, but I think whenever you uh, start using a piece of software, or a library, a framework, that kind of thing, you need to know that when you accept that into your code base, you are not you are hopefully solving the pro- a problem, but you're also inviting that complexity in. Right. And you're not only inviting the complexity of that piece of, that library in, but you're also you have to be wary of what it allows you to do as a developer what it allows you to do, what allows future you to do or future developers to do. And something like Redelay, you know, you can use it in a, in a index or a table of content style, but you can also use it in a, in a more, like your word, ad hoc style. And, and you have to, there's implications on both sides. It's not, there's trade-offs. And so it has to be something that you think about. For sure. And and we have this test that we've brought up the last few episodes. So I want to coin it. I want to call it the Band-Aid test. <laughs> and the Band-Aid test is how, if you pull that Band-Aid off, how many little hairs are going to come off with it, right? You know, and how badly is it going to hurt? So if you're, if you need to swap out this, this component system does a job for your application in relating Mm-hmm. component dependencies to each other. So if you got to pop that sucker out, rip that component system out and then patch a new one on, you know, how how painful is that going to be? Right? How many little places does it touch in your code? How, you know, did you stick it on your leg hair, right? You know, or is it on the tip of your finger? <laughs> You're going to have a really different experience with that adhesive when you uh, rip that sucker off, right? And so that's that's one of the tests mm. of composability is the surface area of contact, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, more is not better. <laughs> yeah, definitely with a Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good way of putting it. The Band-Aid test. The Band-Aid, yeah, we'll just call it the Band-Aid test. <laughs> rip the Band-Aid off. Can you handle it? All right, now we're back to the, the original <laughs> pun. So I think that's enough for this week. What <laughs> sounds, do you think? Yes, I think that sounds like a, a great bit for this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening, all you listeners out there. And we also love hearing from you. I know that podcasting is a bit of a one-way medium sometimes. So let's make it a two-way medium. As you might have heard earlier in the episode, you can contact us in the Closure in Slack podcast channel, so Closure Design Podcast, or you can send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club, or you can uh, head on over to Elon Musk's favorite social network, X, <laughs> and send us a tweet at Closure Design. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how many times we'll mention his name. Uh, and uh, yeah, also on the internet uh, is our website, closuredesign.club. Please uh, 
go there for past episodes and show notes. And uh, we can, we also love to get email at feedback at closuredesign.club. Please send us something and uh, we'll, we'll chat with you that way. Anyway, any way you want, we want. That's right. We will be back next week. And until then, thanks for listening. Thank you.